All right, hello guys. Welcome to another episode of Lumia Sports. I'm your host, Demetrius Mason, joined again by Darnell Jones. What's up, guys? And Dom. They do. All right, all right. And last night, another incredible night of basketball. Bunch of fun games that went down to the final minute, final second, even an overtime game. But we're going to start off with some blowouts. First off, the Rockets ended up beating the Thunder 136-106. Christian Wood had 18. John Wall had 18. Oladipo at 15 started off. They all shot pretty well from the field. But really the key was Eric Gordon and Cousins off the bench. Eric Gordon, 25. Cousins with 17 off the bench. And for the Thunder, it's just one of those games where they just couldn't score. Um, we talked about how Shea sometimes – you know, even though he's efficient, he never kind of explodes. So he only had 19 on 8 of 15 shooting. Other than him, no one else really did anything. Al Horford, 5 of 13, you know, not really good enough. But he was the only other person I looked like was willing to shoot the ball. 16 turnovers for the Thunder. Um, so, Dom, what did you see out of this one? So, one thing about OKC is they don't have, like, really good offense. They haven't had really good offense. They don't really have a lot of scorers on the team, but – you know, they're a team that's really good at defense. However, Houston has the best defense in the league, and they have better scores. So, there was so really how OKC began, people, is like they just kind of play hard. They just like play real hard until the end when, when, when teams are like, whoa, 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 chill out, chill out. <laughs> Why are you doubling me type thing? But, like, you know, uh, Houston's one of those teams that play real hard as well. So, if they're going, if they're going to play equally as hard and just have better talent on the team, then it wasn't much chance that OKC had. Nope, not really at all. Darnell, what did you see out of this one? I think it's the the depth of Houston. It's starting to pay off. You look at the trade that landed them Victor Oladipo, throwing him into the mix, getting what you've gotten out of Christian Wood as a free agent. Jay Sean Tate was amazing. He had 11 points, but he was a plus 25. John Wall's been playing well. He's been 18, 6, and 5. He's been playing at that kind of level for the last few games. But Eric Gordon, he's somebody who's been struggling the last few games. But this game, he's seemed to find his rhythm. He made five threes. DeMarcus Cousins made five threes as well, which is something you didn't think you'd see. But – Going to Houston, I mean, going to OKC, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, minus 31, 19 points. You've got to get better scoring out of this team, but they just don't have the scoring to – they just don't have the players that can do that. So, they'll probably be on the outside of the playoffs looking in, but I think Houston has a shot, uh, real chance to make it. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And for the Thunder, no George Hill, and that's been hurting them um, as far as their offensive production just because it's another person who can kind of move the ball around and keep things going. Um, moving on, <clears throat> the Bucks beat the Blazers 134-106. Nazaria Lil even had 30 for the Blazers, and they still just got destroyed. Um, hey, man, you know this guy has been kind of the key. If both of them, if Gary Trent Jr. is going to go 313 and Carmelo going to go 1 of 7, it's going to be a fast break game. And that just meant a lot of easy buckets for the Bucks. Drew Holiday shot 10 of 14 with 22 points. Um, Dante's continued to struggle. So that's something we should watch out for. But, but 
Bobby Portis, 21 off the bench, plus 31. And my guy, DJ Augustine, four for seven from the field, six assists, five rebounds, plus 22. After his historic game, he comes back and gives you another historic performance. Um, Darno, what would you see out of this one? Well, the Bucks hit 21 threes. Giannis didn't have to do much. He pitched in with 18. Only four rebounds, which is surprising for him. And the others, it was a game of the others. Bobby Portis, I think he had 15 at halftime. Brent Forbes pitched in with three threes, four threes from Augustine. And the Blazers had no chance. If Damian Lillard is only going to shoot six of 13, he's not going to win without C.J. McCollum. They just don't have enough scoring. And you got a positive out of Nazir Little pitching in with 30, but Gary Trent, he was 23%. Carmelo was 14%. Anthony Simons, 33%. That's just not going to do it against a team like this. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Dom, what did you see out of this one? Well, if there is ever a team that you need to get back in rhythm against, then the Portland Trailblazers are right there, not playing defense and letting you score right over them. So, you know, even though DiVincenzo wasn't able to do it, you know, it's something I've been it's something I've been noticing, and I said it a little bit earlier in the season. But when Giannis isn't the best scorer out there, they tend to win more games. It's kind of funny. <laughs> like, like yeah. he like like normally he's like normally he'll score like four. Like the two games they lost against the Pelicans and the um and the Hornets, he had like forty each game. He had like forty, twenty, and like five, and they got blown out each time. So it's just like he needs the other star well, other players to contribute as well. And another thing, you know, last time we were talking about Augustine, but I really do think that I think I don't think it's particularly Augustine fault. And I don't think it's particularly Forbes fault. I think if you you can just never play them together, they're both like six one. They both can't play defense. They're not that neither of them are that fast. And neither of them can do that much. But I think if you play them separately, they're both fine. Yeah, I think if you play either one of them with Holiday, I think you'll be fine yeah. because Holiday is one of the better defenders in the league. And but, but Milwaukee really put them out there together for no reason. And then they were t- and then together they were a combined minus 21 <laughs> on the court together yeah, in four good. minutes. Like <laughs> that's a four for four minutes like you shouldn't get a plus minus of minus 21 no that's that where they do augustine on minus 21 stop but it. they were out there together yeah, that's yeah. what i'm saying because forbes was like forbes was out there for 11 minutes and he was on minus 31 so he was the worst minus on the team but the seven minutes he probably didn't play with augustine he was only a minus 10 and you bring both of your smallest players out there that can barely shoot as is because Augustine can't shoot, but neither can Forbes. <laughs> so you bring both of them out there that can't shoot, you can't play defense, or too slow to guard anybody, then, yeah, 21 points in four minutes sounds about right. Yeah, but to your earlier point about Giannis, I do think they play better when Giannis isn't asked to be 
a 40-point-per-game score because if they – I think the recipe to beat Milwaukee, obviously, is to take away the three-point shot, take away the three-point line, and take away Chris Middleton and Drew and the other guys. So if you force Giannis build a wall and force Giannis to have to try to score every play, their offense gets out of rhythm. Yeah, like they move the ball better when he's not out there. And I don't know if it's Giannis himself or I don't know if his Budenholz are telling him to do this, but for whatever reason, they keep trying to force him to like be the point guard almost. They keep trying to force him to, you know, take the ball at the top of the key and everything like that. But what Giannis really should be, he should be like a transition. He should be like a transition guy or he should be like a, roller in a pick and roll or a, or a Uber in, in an alley oop. So like, you know, he shouldn't have that much responsibility placed on him. Like he clearly, he's a superstar, you know, he's a two time MVP. He's a top five player in the league, but he, it, the, the responsibilities given to him just aren't meant for the type of player that he is, especially considering the fact that he can barely shoot along with the rest of the people we were talking about. The only the, pro- the real problem with the team is the only player that can really shoot is Middleton. Brooke can, Brooke can shoot well enough, and, like, Holiday can kind of shoot. DiVincenzo can kind of shoot, but they just don't have the shooting. And if you're going to have Giannis, who really can't shoot either, then it just ruins everything. That's why, like, if they got Banyanovic, you know, it, it would have messed up their defense because they, they would have got rid of DiVincenzo. But it would have given them the needed uh, scoring that, you know, I mean, the needed three-point shooting that the team desperately needs. All right. Moving on, the Grizzlies beat the Spurs 133-102. They've beaten them down now for two straight games, something that – I did not see them doing again. And this time, I mean, I just I, – every single person for the Grizzlies was a positive out there. They had nine dudes in double figures, so you can really just pick. Georgie Dang led all scores with 19, 8 of 10 shooting. I don't know. Dow's 5 and 9. Kyle Anderson, 7 of 11. They all, they all shot well. Clark, 7 of 10. It was kind of ridiculous. And for the Spurs – no one really did well for them. I mean, the Rosen was 6-12, but they just couldn't do anything. Um, Murray to a 9, Walker to a 6. They just got blown that. They just got blown off the floor as a group together. Um, Dom, what did you see out of this one? I ain't even going to lie to you, man. Memphis is the most impressive team this season to me by far. I, I don't get it. I don't be understanding. <laughs> I don't. What's their record right now? Are they like 10 and 6 or something like that? 9 and 6. And 9 and 6. Yeah. It's well, like how? I don't know. Like how? They don't have And O'Valley shooting us either. Keep forgetting. I know. That's, that's why I didn't pick them, but I just saw he didn't play the other game either. I guess, you know, here's the thing. Like well, San, Antonio, San Antonio beat a healthy Boston team. And then turned around and be like Phoenix or somebody else, like another good team. So I'm like, okay. But I think they've played Memphis. I think this is the third time they've played Memphis. And they've lost all three times, I'm pretty sure. So it's just like, I don't know if it's just the youth and the athleticism out there that the Spurs just can't hang with. But uh, it's, it's I, don't, I don't get it. It's just – 
with the with the even though it can't be all the speed, you still got Kyle Anderson right out there being the slowest player on the court. But you know, they just have that next man up mentality, and everybody just contributes when they have to. And nobody explodes, but they all they all have consistent efforts with each other. Yeah. Uh, Darnell, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I pretty much agree with everything Dom said. I think you look at Memphis' bench, the production that they got, five, four players in double figures, five from the other guy, that's just production that you just can't be. Like, if you're not going to have scoring like Patty Mills pitched in with 11, but if, if Derek White's going to go two for 10, Rudy Gay's going to only go two for seven, Vassell one for four, you're not going to beat Memphis. Like, Memphis's whole plan is to play together. Like, they're not the same. They're not that grit and grind team that they used to be. But the way they play now is more we're going to share the ball. We have one star, John Morant, who was only five of nine. Like, he played well, but he didn't have to do much. And he only played 21 minutes. This game was over before it even started. You look at the scoring in the second and fourth quarter, Memphis scored 36, San Antonio scored 22 in the second. Memphis scored 37 in the fourth, San Antonio scored 19. That's pretty much sums it up. One thing that I am just noticing, Tyus Jones had 14 assists off the bench. Just ridiculous. Uh, Go ahead, Tom. They had 37 assists as a team. Jeez. One more thing to note. It's the same team, but – like I said, like I said the last time we talked about the game, uh, I'm, I don't want to blame him. I don't know if it's specifically his fault, but the games that Derek White has not played, they've won. And the games that he has played, they haven't won. So I don't know. I don't know if it's necessarily his fault. I don't know if it's the rotation. I don't know if he just has to get back in rhythm. He only shot two for 10 tonight, so obviously that didn't help. But he was only a minus five. But I'm guessing he was the one guarding Tyus Jones. So what could be happening is maybe his defense isn't where it used to be, or maybe he just has to get back from injury. But it it I don't know if it messes like the rotation with Lonnie Deshante and 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 Keldon Johnson, but it's just something that I'm noticing. When Derek White's played, they haven't really been winning a lot, but they're but they seem to be fine when he's not. Yeah, moving on the Kings. Beat the Pelicans 118-109. This is a classic Pelicans performance in which they had the lead for the majority of the game until it mattered the most. In the fourth quarter, they get outscored 31-15. to Behind an incredible game from Darren Fox. 38 points, 12 assists from Darren Fox. Continues to do what he's been doing, you know, forever, which is destroying Lonzo out there. Um, Harrison Barnes, 24 and 8 as well. And they even won this game despite four of 15 shooting from deep from Buddy Heald. Somehow it was a plus 12, but just jacking up shots. Um, and hey, man, y'all know what it was. Only person on the bench was a positive, even though he out there getting dragged down by Corey Joe's minus five. Tyrese Halliburton, five points, 11 rebounds, let, all, let the whole team in rebounds, six assists. Plus 13. We love you, Halliburton. For the Pelicans, a Zion minus 13, worst plus minus on the team, even though he was six of 13. 
Um, did have eight rebounds and did have three blocks, but he did have four turnovers, so he was turning the ball over um, more than really anyone else on the team. Ingram, he was only minus one, but six of 20 out there, one of seven from deep. Lonzo and and Eric Bledsoe, neither one of them shot very well. And Hart, again, somehow three for 13, minus 11. Really, I think it was the fact that they, they decided, man, to play Kara Lewis. 16 minutes, and he was a minus 10. Sometimes that's all it takes. Um, Darnell, what would you see in this one? Yeah, well, you look at it, it came down to the fourth quarter. The game was pretty much close throughout the first three quarters, and the fourth quarter, Sacramento just pulled away. In the end, it turned out to be too much De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox was 14 to 24, but he shot three, three of 10 from three, so – that just shows that he made a lot of his shots inside of the key. And he had 12 assists as well for a plus seven. But Harrison Barnes pitched in for 24, 16 for Buddy Hill, 17 for Rashawn Holmes, who's been playing well. I've always liked Rashawn Holmes' game. And I think we've talked about him on the podcast before when he used to be on the Sixers. He just always seems to give positive minutes, six to seven from the field, doesn't do too much. And you look at the Pelicans, Pelicans just didn't have it from the field, couldn't make a shot, and that was pretty much summed it up. Yeah. Dom, what did you say? Now, before I go into what I say, I want I want I want to acknowledge something that you just said, right? You said yeah. they decide to play Kerry Lewis, right? Mm-hmm. All season, you've been saying, I don't care who else goes out on the floor. As long as it's not J.J. Redick, I'm happy. Yep. No J.J. Redick tonight. Kira Lewis right out there. And now you're saying, damn, why the fuck they play Kira Lewis? I didn't say why the Wait. fuck they play him. They just didn't have to. But either way, it's still they going to be seven Redick. people. They would have only had seven people. Even still. No, they still played eight. And even still, it would have been better than J.J. Redick. I don't care. So who do you think they should have played instead of Kira Lewis? Probably Melly sitting right there. Or Gabriel, which I've been saying all season. Okay, but, yeah. Um, you know, one of the big reasons I picked Sacramento win this game was because Jackson Hayes was going to start and yep. Steven Adams was out. So, you know. the best player. So, fuck you. So, uh, what's it called? Nah, but one thing that we know about Lonzo versus De'Aaron is that, you know, De'Aaron's literally like one of maybe two or three people in the league faster than Lonzo. So Lonzo normally is able – Lonzo's normally like a really good defender because he's normally faster than people. But if De'Aaron's going to fly by him every time, then you feel me? He's not going to be able to do too much. And Eric Blesso, as we know, can't guard anybody with any sort of speed. He's just kind of – as you say, he's more he's more of a zone defender than a man defender. So, you know, D- he probably wasn't able to help too much on De'Aaron either. De'Aaron was just going to fly by both of them. And that's really what it came down to. De'Aaron and Lonzo played again. And I just think De'Aaron be excited to play him, honestly. <laughs> I really do. But we know that New Orleans just doesn't really have the scoring to, to win games. Um, we As we, we just heard yesterday, they're trying to trade Lonzo for Oubre. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what <laughs> I hope for the best. I hope for the best for that trade if it does happen. But you it's know, not great for the Warriors. 
It could be, depending on how Lonzo fit. <laughs> I don't know if I like that trade that much. I don't think that works for either side, but that's just me. I think he I think he plays defense like Ubre, but can actually pass the ball. And you know, can actually shoot better from three. Uh, I don't know I, what the Pelicans would be doing, but I would say I would honestly if you really want to start really out like unless that's the plan. If you really look at it, Lonzo and Ubre kind of do play a little similar besides the fact that Lonzo passes. Like most of Lonzo points, at least like his earlier years, he's only like in his third or fourth year, but at least in like his earlier years, you know, a lot of his points would come off like alley-oops, putbacks, because he can never shoot. But if Ubre just going to not shoot either. And all his points are gonna come off putbacks and and all that type of stuff because Lonzo can get a can get a good amount of rebounds usually he only had two tonight but he's capable of getting some rebounds he's a six seven point guard but you know you're you're basically replacing what Ubre already has been giving you on offense and you're just adding the passing to it so if they just both gonna sit there and miss every three. With it, yeah, I think at it. this point Lonzo was probably a better player. Yeah, at the, at the moment, yeah, I don't think it was. I don't think he was last year, but as of oh, right no, now, not definitely not. Hey man, you keep living in the past. I'm right here, right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm saying. I think at this moment he's better. We weren't quarantined last year. Think about that. Not about <laughs> last year. Talking about this year. This year, Lonzo. Even though not, at least he's at least, and this is not a great percentage. This is about below average. At least he shoots thirty three percent from deep. Damn it! <laughs> he was shooting thirty eight percent last year before the bubble, so he's. We know he's capable of shooting well. Again with this, okay? it just never ends. I'm, about I'm right saying Lonzo was shooting. I'm saying Lonzo was shooting. No, really I'm talking well. about compared to the other dude that we're talking about. But I'm not even comparing him to him. I'm comparing I him am, to him. because that's no. the trade. That's the trade we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Mm. Moving. I mean, yeah, the Pelicans, though, end of the day, they're just not going to win without their best player. And that is Steven Adams right now. Because so, he's the only guy who's going to consistently at least do what he does. Um, Talk about a hot take. It's not. <laughs> he's their most important. Yeah, he's their most important player. He's the dude who has to play the most minutes out there because everyone else has can either be – I mean, even you saw Zion can play kind of well and still be a minus. Steve's just going to do what he does. He's not interested in shooting the ball. He passed that right to Zion, let him get more dunks. We already know he was trained. <laughs> God. <laughs> he was trained to not shoot the ball or pass <laughs> That's first big. Jeez. <laughs> Molded by Westbrook. Anyway, moving on, the Lakers end up beating the Hawks 107-99, really behind a fourth quarter in which they had 32 points and the Hawks had 23, so they outscored them by nine and win the game by eight. This one, I was watching it kind of tough down the stretch because the Lakers were getting some calls. They really were. But it was a combination of that and Caruso just making – Huge plays down the stretch, steals, dunks, layups, really just doing it all again. Um, Anthony Davis came out there, 25 points, uh, 10 to 14, plus two. 
Uh, LeBron, 21, nine assists, seven rebounds, plus 10, yada, yada. KCP, he's a plus 11, three is six from deep. Um, and, you know, Montrez Harrell was a, was, had 19, but somehow he's a minus three. It's Duke Caruso, eight points, two steals, plus 13. Even though he had three turnovers and five fouls, he just apparently knows how to foul, right? I don't know. Um, for the Hawks, John Collins, their best player, 10 of 17, 22 points, seven rebounds. Capella, 16 for 13. And Trey Young, hey, man, he got to the free throw line. Got the assist today. Only thing, kind of really don't love seven turnovers, but 25 points, 16 assists, 10 of 11 from free throw line, 7 of 15 from the field. He had a, he had one three, but it was a deep one um, to cut the lead to one. They just couldn't quite do it because, again, they are severely, and we knew this, missing Bogdanovich at this point. Gallinari went out there, 2 of 10, minus 8. Um just was not good enough today. Darnell, what were your thoughts on this one? I think for Atlanta, you would hope to get more out of Cam. In 30 minutes, he's got to give you more than six points. Like, I know he took eight shots, but he's just got to find a way to get some. They got to find a way to get him some easy baskets, get him going. Because without Bogdanovich out there, like, they don't have – that other they don't have other scorers that can help Trey Young. If they're taking away the three point line from Trey and he's only going to take four attempts, then you're going to need the other guys to step up. You got 22 from Collins, but you look at Capella 16, and outside of that, Herder's 10. That's it, pretty much. Like you need more than that, and For them to keep it close with the Lakers, the Lakers are the returning champs is a good thing. So I'm not going to overreact to it too much. But I think the one of the – no, I I think I'll say that for later. Gotcha, gotcha. Real quick, Don, before you go, one thing I just noticed, there's also no DeAndre Hunter. So that's huge for them. He's he's been a walking 15 to 20 um, this season. So, Don, what were your thoughts on this one? I was about to say, y'all keep talking about Bonyanovich, and y'all forgetting that their second best player ain't even out there. <laughs> so, oh yeah, well, he definitely—he's he's probably their best defender too. He yeah. is there. He's the only defender. <laughs> so, so you know, them missing DeAndre Hunter obviously played a part because it allowed you know people to do what they were going to do out there. But at the end of the day. The Lakers had the two best players, and I'm not talking about LeBron or AD. Oh my god! They had they had Caruso and KCP, and Atlanta didn't. That's uh, <laughs> what it came down to. <laughs> god, four four for thirteen plus eleven, second highest plus minus on the team. Um, eight points, five fouls, plus thirteen, highest plus minus on the team. Hey Amen. I just call it like I see it. Mm-hmm. These these two are the, these two are the two most important players on the team, man. <laughs> oh <my> God. <laughs> before we before we move on, anybody got any thoughts on courtside Karen? Thoughts on what? Oh, you ain't you ain't. Uh, <laughs> so some girl, so some lady, like LeBron was out there. Le- so some dude was like saying some shit to LeBron, and then LeBron responded back. 
And then he was like, I'm joking, I'm joking. And she was like, if you say if you say something else to my husband, I'll fuck you up. And then she got ejected. <laughs> and then she went on IG Live later and was like, yeah, I was sitting there minding my business. Then, Le- then LeBron says some disrespectful things to my husband. And and he and then I responded and he called me a stupid fucking bitch. And and <laughs> and then she was <laughs> like, he called me a stupid fucking bitch. And I had to sell him that if he ever talks to my husband like that ever again, I'll fuck him up. <laughs> and then LeBron responded, courtside Karen was mad, mad tonight. <laughs> that's that's pretty much what happened. <laughs> So I thought I thought it was funny. Um, oh my you know, God. <laughs> you know, it's it's a little different when people heckle you when there's nobody in the arena. <laughs> Cause, cause yeah, like if they're gonna be front row, I mean, <laughs> it's nobody else there. <laughs> Obviously, LeBron gonna hear you when you say, "LeBron, you fucking suck, you piece of shit," type shit. <laughs> LeBron's like, "What you say? No, 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 bro, I was joking." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, normally go ahead. And one thing, I'm I'm not I'm not quick to call somebody a liar, man, but I ain't never ever ever LeBron been in the league for like 18 years. And I have never heard of him calling anybody no stupid fucking bitch. So I it didn't yeah. even look like he said that. <laughs> but no, nah, he did that's the story she's sticking. <laughs> you know, you know how you know how courtside Karens do. I miss the I miss the fans at the games, man. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely some. That that's that's those are the distractions right there. That, yeah. that that shows like who who's there, like in a in terms of like who can play. Like if you can play with all them distractions, people calling you ass like literally in the middle of you playing. People yelling at you, LeBron, you fucking suck. In the middle, you shoot a free throw. Type imagine, shit. imagine the the arena is quiet, and every time you touch the ball, they just boo you. Like, yeah, that's got to be terrible. It, it, it honestly, it might be even worse if they have hecklers now. Just because there's nobody there, so you really gotta hear them niggas, and they all front row. <laughs> yep. Yeah, man. Um, I don't know what to say to any of this. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. Didn't know. Just look up the clip. Just look up the clip later and laugh. I will do that. Hey, man. So next up, we have a game that. Me and Dom picked a differently special, so y'all know this is going to be a close game, a tight one. Um, the Bulls end up winning 110-102. I'm watching this game in complete fear. Um, Julius Randle, 7-16, 23, 11 rebounds, 7 assists, 5 turnovers, though, um, for him. R.J. Barrett, 7-17. He was a minus 11 out there, 14. Of course, best player on the team, quickly. 5 of 13, he had 16. Alec Burks, 6 of 12 as well from the bench, 18. Rare game where Austin Rivers didn't really do much of anything. He was 0 for 4. Um, it's only a minus 1 out there. But Is it really play. rare? He hasn't been doing much this season. Can I go through the reading? <laughs> My God. I'll interrupt you. 
it's my turn. All right, anyway. So, you know, he's had a couple of bad games. Let me finish. But earlier in the year, we saw he was doing well without really Burks were quickly stepping up. So he's kind of struggled of late, and they need all the scoring they can get. For the Bulls, this man, Laurie Marketing, went absolutely bonkers. He's the best part of the team. I don't care. 11 for 18 from the field, 30 points, six threes hit. Um, that is young right there with him. Six of 10 off the bench plus six. And, you know, Kobe White and Levine, they did struggle early in the game. They were making me mad. But White hit a late three when the game was tied 100-100 to really give them the lead. And then Levine came right back and hit one of his own. So White's only three gave him the lead. Levine hit one of his three to fulfill it. So Kobe White, as bad as he always looks somehow, you know, six assists, four turnovers, five of 12. No, he's always a plus and a plus minus. So, I mean, I guess he's just that much better than whoever – replaces him but Garrett Temple is also a plus 14 I mean it just says one thing I'm not gonna maybe maybe I'll say that for another day but Levine 8 for 16 21 points minus one but they get the win Dom what were your thoughts on this one I actually disagree with you when you say that Kobe White looks bad out there he doesn't make a lot of shots but if you watch them like you were watching him he just flies down the court and then he all, and then he just fast as shit. So he's just always at the rim. And then when people start to guard him, he don't take no dumbass shot. He just passes it out. And then everybody's so startled because they had to run fast as hell. And mind you, the Knicks are already on tired legs. So if he's just gonna fly down the court every play, then you feel me? People are gonna be open, and somehow, some way, Lori just kept winding, winding up, you know, open. But really, it came down to. I agree at this, at least at this point in the season so far, Laurie Markkinen has definitely been the best player on the Bulls. Um, you know, he's been the most efficient out there. He's, he's honestly, he's playing better than his doppelganger out there. And De- I mean, in Dallas, and we'll talk about that team later, even though he didn't play, but he's playing better than Chris Stapps out there in Dallas personally this season. And Chris Stapps did you know, play. Yeah. First time's played. Oh, he did? Oh, I thought they said he was out. But um yeah, we know who we know who one of the big keys to this team is. And Thaddeus Young just he he he, he constantly contributes 13, 8, and 8 plus 6. And Garrett Temple, even though it don't look like he's not doing much, man. We saw that one game and we were like, oh, Garrett Temple might be the key. And lo and behold, he is. He had the second highest plus miles on the team, shooting two for eight. I get, you know, he's a veteran. I'm, I'm sure he's just smart and know how to get to places. And even Al Porter, he missed all of his shots, and he was still a plus two. I mean, yeah, he was still a plus two, so you know. But yeah, I mean, in order for the Bulls to reach the heights that they need to reach, we already know they don't play defense. But and and they're missing Wendell, so that plays a role too. But we need we need more from we need more from Zach out there. He shot eight for 16, three for six. He really came alive in the in the uh, second half. In the yeah. first half, he was really just out there not doing anything, just out there letting people score on him, fouling people for no reason. <laughs> Makes me mad. Uh, Darnell, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I think the Knicks are a tough team to play. They're a team that's going to play hard. They're going to fight. But 
you said that you thought Laurie Markkinen was the best player on the Bulls. I think that Zach Levine is the best player on the Bulls, but I think if the Bulls want to go where they want to go, they have to get this out of Markkinen. Markkinen last year struggled. I don't know if it was the coach. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was the system he was playing in, but he just seemed to lack confidence. And I think now he's showing that potential that he had earlier in his career where we thought he was going to be one of the better stretch fours in the league. And the way he's playing right now, he's proven to be just that. Yeah, he is. Um, for the Knicks, it was the second to have a back-to-back. And if, you, if, you've, if you've been listening, you know one thing about the Knicks, man, they are coached by Tom Thibodeau, and they are tired all the time because he's not happy unless he's miserable. His actual words. And they Julius Randle leading the league in minutes? Yo, probably. Randle probably is. I bar- Barrett has got to be up there. No, yeah. Randall is leading the league in minutes. I checked his stats earlier today. Yeah. Makes sense. Sounds about right. They got to be top five. Has to be. You gave him a break and played him 30. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, the thing with the Knicks, I mean, you know they're tired. You know they're exhausted. They came out there. They look tired. Six of 29 from deep. But in the fourth quarter, they really did. They suddenly started really – they locked up for a good – I was like, dang, oh, they just going to bully these dudes. The refs start, stopped calling fouls because it was a close game, and they were just like, oh, we couldn't just rough them up. But they just – no one could hit um, except for quickly, really. I mean, Randall was just if – if you're going to bully the Bulls on one end, they were just like, all right, so we can just foul Randall now, right? And they're just not going to call it. So that ended up being what the game became until Kobe White hit that late three. Um so, I mean, you know, these are just two teams fighting for the 10th seed, it looks like at this point, and um, really was a toss-up. Moving on, this one, man. The Cavs end up winning 198. It looked like the game was calm, going to be a win, but all of a sudden, D'Angelo Russell just started hitting a, hitting a bunch of threes late. I mean, he only hit three, and it seemed like all of them came – in the last like minute and a half of the game um, to really make this one close. But Russell, 18, 719. But really, the Cavs decided not to let these dudes shoot today. Um, again, Russell, 18, Beasley, 5 of 14. Real off game for him. He only had 10. Um, Anthony Edwards, 5 of 12. He had 13. They shot 39% as a team. McDaniels and Reed tried off the bench. They were shooting okay. 5 of 11 for Reed, 5 of 10 for McDaniels. Um, Vanderbilt, who they love, and we know they love him, one for four, but he's a plus eight off the bench. And Ricky Rubio, not a career performance from him as he was one of four from the field, <laughs> four assists, one turnover. He still was a plus zero, though. Still was a plus zero out there. Um, but for the Cavs, no Andre Drummond. That actually made them better, and I think it is time to just trade him. Jared Allen's going to go out there at 23 points. 18 rebounds, five blocks. And then you see he gets replaced by McGee, who not great, but, you know, minus six out there, 13 minutes. Um, I guess it is what it is. Now, the problem was that Stevens had to play, and he was minus 18 out there, um, kind of making this game a little closer. But the sex and the land both brought it. Garland, who we were talking about earlier, we were watching the game, and he was just really bad, played great down the stretch, really to give them some huge – but he was hitting reverse layups, he had a turnaround. I don't even know. Pivot, John. I was like, what the hell was that? Um, Sexton, 26. Garland, 9 of 18. 19 points, 11 assists. Uh, Darnell, what would you see from your team out there? Big win. 
I think that a lot of the stuff that we talked about on yesterday's podcast, we saw that come to fruition in, in or I say the day before in last night's games. I think Darius Garland, you saw the difference in when you played through your guards as opposed to playing through Andre Drummond. You look at Drummond's skill set, he wants to play like a Jokic, like I said on yesterday's show, but his his usage rate, I looked at his usage rate. He's number seven in the whole entire NBA in wow. usage. <laughs> oh, Andre no. Drummond, like, that's not a recipe for success. Like, you just can't play that way. But when you had Darius Garland leading the show, he proved that with 11 assists and two turnovers that he can do that. And Colin Sexton, he pitched in his 26. It wasn't uh, one of those Colin Sexton games where he's just dominating, but he was effective in moments. And he got to the free throw line and made all of his free throws, which boosted his numbers. But when you have Jared Allen, who knows his role, he's not going to do too much, 23 points, 18 rebounds, and five blocks. Like, that's a better direction to go. Like it's clear it the the it's clear out there on the floor and what everyone's role is and just Drummond just clogs the lane sometimes like he's good offensive rebounding but the spacing just isn't there. Maybe that is better when Kevin Love gets back out there, but we'll just have to see in the coming weeks with that as that develops. But it was a good performance by the Cavs, man. And I got to give my hats off to D'Angelo Russell because he made it a fight in the end. But they just made the free throws to close it and got the W. Yeah. Dom, Dom what were your thoughts on this one? Yeah. I was pretty much going to say what he said, like, when it came when it came to Drummond versus Jared Allen. I mean, with, with Drummond, yeah, he, he kind of knows that the thing is, he kind of supposed to be the best or second best player on the team, so he kind of tries to OD out there, do way too much. But like, yep. Derek Allen, he you know he just vibing out there. He used to he used to not being the best player on the team. Here's the like the thing was Drummond had to be the best player on the team for so long in Detroit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just came over, and you know he just kind of feel like he got to do too much, but. Yeah, with Jared Allen, if he gonna give you eighteen rebounds, he already the same person. <laughs> like, yeah, it's the you, same production. If he gonna give you the eighteen rebounds, and he'll get Andre Drummond will give you the five steals, but if Jared Allen gonna give you the five blocks, I mean, as a center, the the, the rim protection is a little a little more important. And then twenty three points, you already know he was just standing right at the line, not taking no stupid ass layups where the ball nope. go behind him. He just he just tried to dunk that shit. Every time he tried to dunk it, he got fouled. Man, Brooklyn missing him so bad right now. And he yep. came right over to Cleveland. And my thing was though, I picked I picked Minnesota. I had to see if JaVale was gonna be useful at all. And he wasn't, but it didn't matter because Jared was that useful. Three blocks. Chill on JaVale. He had five rebounds and three blocks. He was active in his 13 yeah. minutes. Was, yeah. Chill, chill that's on. all you really want out of a backup. Yeah. You don't need that's much. Fair. That's fair. And the one thing I saw for the Cavs was the most blocks they've had all year. I thought that was hilarious with 12 without their starting center. Because um, <laughs> he'll rip the ball, but he's not going to send it. 
And the other thing to note, they also didn't have Nance, so very impressive. Uh, oh, yeah. That's why I didn't pick. That's why I didn't pick Cleveland right there. I thought Nance was more important than he was. Very important. They couldn't score. He's yeah. He's very important, but if he can't Kimbrough score, sucked, like though. I don't know why. No, thought they were going to be but, the back to back. This is like the second or third game that Anthony Edwards has started, so we have to see how that develops and see if they can kind of get some momentum with him in the starting lineup and change some things around a little bit. But right now, yeah, they're playing like one of the worst teams in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they probably – they probably – they might be the worst now. <laughs> it all depends on tonight. Tonight will determine whether they're the worst or not because the <laughs> other worst team is fighting with another bad team. I know who or what he's talking about, but moving – on the Hornets beat the Heat 129-121 in an overtime thriller. In this game, Jimmy Butler really was trying to carry, trying to do everything he could. But in overtime, it just seemed like he ran out of gas a little bit. They were up six, but they just couldn't close the game. Jimmy Butler, a 9 of 17, 25 points for him. He was a minus seven out there. Bam out of bio, 10 for 15. Nine rebounds, uh, 23 points for him. Duncan was hitting his threes. He was 4-7 from deep. But the bench really just couldn't help him at all. And Avery Bradley, I I didn't understand. Because Strauss, Strauss, however freak you say his name, plus seven out there. He was hitting every shot. Seven of 11, five and nine. Five and nine. Even like a Dallas in some threes. But I didn't understand why they kept having – Every bad out there. Drogic, he was a minus 11 too. He just came back from injuries. He was one for nine. He looked off all night. He did have eight assists, but three turnovers, seven rebounds. But Avery Bradley was just out there missing every three. And he was out there in crunch time minutes. And I was like, why is he out here if he's just going to miss every single shot? 0 for 4, 0 for 4, minus 14. Yikes. Um, obviously, you got to be better. For the Hornets, they bullied that man to start in the mellow ball, and he finally did. But he was three of Three of 11, seven assists, three turnovers, um, minus six. So, you know, not a great performance from him. Deontay Graham, seven of 13, plus 15 out there, 24 points. Um, Gordon Hayward, did what he does, a 14 out there, plus 18. But there's one reason, one reason only <laughs> on this game. This man had a career performance, and I, told, I saw it happening last time. I was like, bro, all of a sudden, he becoming a player everyone thought he was going to be. And now he's been unlocked and unleashed. Malik Monk, 11 for 18, 5 of 5 from the free throw line, 9 of 13 from deep, 36 points plus 20. Malik freaking Monk beat the Heat. Incredible performance for him. The Hornets are now 10 and 11. The Heat are now 7 and 13. Darnell, what were your thoughts on this one? Yeah, like you said, Jimmy Butler, he tried to will the team to a victory, but it came down to just being too much Malik Monk. I think Malik Monk forced it into overtime with a three, yep. 36 in the game. Like, who knew Malik Monk could come off the bench? I knew coming out, well, his comparison coming out of college was like a Lou Williams type. But so far in his career, he just hasn't found that kind of traction to put up consistent performances. But this is a bright spot. Like, LaMelo in the starting lineup 
that's probably not going to stick because Terry Rozier was out with an injury. Once he gets back, we'll see how that plays out. But if you can get – you probably won't get nine threes out of Malik Monk often, but if you can get a plus 20 out of him off the bench, then they can win some games. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dom, what are your thoughts on this? So I have a few thoughts. I have a couple of thoughts out here. And I want to start off with Jimmy. Jimmy's probably the first player that went through the COVID in any of the sports, the NFL, NBA, all of them, where somebody got COVID and came back and played even better. Because he was was horrible at the start of the season. He was terrible. Then he came back. He lost his 12 pounds. And now Slimmy Butler. (laughs) This is a new man. (laughs) This is a new man today. But – there's one thing I just say to the Miami Heat. If y'all just not going to play the guy, just get rid of him. Get something for him. He's not hurt. <laughs> like, just trade him. There are plenty of teams that could use Kendrick Nunn right now, today. They could use him today. Just trade him if y'all just not going to play him. Like, if y'all just going to – if y'all just going to waste his time and have Avery Bradley go out there minus 14, shoot zero for four, like, just get rid of him. If you, you see, I understand Drogic out there. He got to play. And I know Max Struss, you feel me? I, I, I see he gave them a good game and everything like that. But you playing him over Kendrick Nunn? Like, what? Like, I'm. it's good that they did because now they found somebody else in the rotation. You don't know if this is just a one-time thing or if this could become a consistent thing. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, if they just not going to play Kendrick Nunn, at least get something for value of him. There are plenty of teams that could use him. I don't get it. And then with yeah. Charlotte, huh? No, go ahead. And then with Charlotte, um, yeah, we were talking a lot about Malik Monk. And Malik Monk is one of those players. He reminds me of like a Jeremy Lamb where like he'll explode or even like a like a Terrence Ross or something like that. Somebody that will just explode out of nowhere and then just kind of be eh, next game. Like he's just kind of like one of those, he has one of those consistencies because Malik Monk has had amazing games like this before. I don't even know if this is his career high. And this is, mm-hmm. yeah, this is career high, but he's had about like 30 or like even like high twenties before, but yeah, you know, yeah. he's, a, he's one of those players where, you know, sometimes he'll, he'll go, sometimes he'll drop some crazy stats. Sometimes you won't, but what I think has, what I think has been one of the biggest keys to um, Charlotte's, you know, improvement is the fact that Devontae Graham is, isn't awful anymore. Cause he started yeah. out this season terrible. He was shooting one for 11 every game. And, you know, everybody was, you know, he was, he was, he honestly, he got snubbed of a most improved player, you know, a nomination. I'm not saying he should have won, but he should have at least been nominated last year. But yeah, he got snubbed off out of a nomination last year. But you know, he came back this season looking terrible. But you know, he came out, he snapped out of his streak, and he's been playing really well recently. So that definitely plays a part. Um, Lamelo in the start in the starting lineup. I mean, we know that. We know we could we could tell that Lamelo would be best suited as as a bench player right now, just because not even not even because you know he's not talented enough to be a star. That's far from the case. It's just the fact that he gets 
Huh? They just don't give him the ball. Yeah, exactly. When they were out there, Devontae and Gordon were pretty much doing all the scoring. So, you know. And then we also saw in the game, P.J. Washington got hurt. So, you know, he – so, you know, they were missing one of their key contributors out there. And that definitely opened the floor more for Malik Monk to be out there. But, you see, every – like, they all play, like, 40 minutes. Well, it did go overtime, but, you know – yeah. Charlotte, Charlotte just had a Charlotte had a great game from Malik Monk and Devontae Graham, for the most part. Yep. The Heat right now, man, they keep straddling that line. They really are in, in danger if they don't wake up. Because at the very, you really don't want to be seven through ten with this play in. I mean, you know, because anything can happen in that kind of situation. So yep. you're just gonna keep losing games like this. I mean. And obviously, Jimmy just got back, so it'll be better. It'll be fine. But I don't know. Things looking rough right now for the Heat as they are 7-13. and 13. And there's a bunch of teams in the East that are right around that 10, 9, 10 win range. As we talked about Knicks, Bulls, um, you know, Cavs, and Hornets. Yeah, Magic. Uh, Magic are all fade. But Raptors. Raptors. Yeah, Raptors, too. Those are two teams right now. Um, you know, I don't know, looking, looking kind of rough for them. But moving on, man, the Suns beat the Mavs 109-108. And, yes, Devin Booker hit a game winner. It was amazing. It was a great shot. Yes, Luka had a chance at the end to almost hit one himself. Yes, there were amazing performances. Chris Paul, 34 points, nine rebounds, nine assists. Really out there proving me wrong when I said he looked kind of done. He's really just taking his foot off the gas pedal. DeAndre Ayton, yes, he was a minus 13, but he still had 10 points, 17 rebounds. And for the Mavs, yes, Josh Richardson had a great game, 24 points. He was huge out there. Even Porzingis, 6 of 15, you know, 19 points, 10 rebounds. Great performances, left, right, Hardaway, back on the bench. He's got 18, back in his familiar role, and that will pick the team up because now they only have to play Trey Burke three minutes. So, Cleaver, you saw he was back. He was a minus 10, but they just need his minutes out there that they can have everything functioning the way it should. The Mavs, now this, now that they're finally kind of back, and for some reason still not playing Boban, but whatever, they're finally back. Everyone's kind of playing the minutes that they should play. Things are kind of looking up for them, even though they lose by one. I still have something to say. Fire Monty Williams. <laughs> Fire him. I'm done with this. What the hell are we doing here? I don't understand why we're not starting Jay Crowder. Yes, he was one of nine, you know. Yes, Cam Johnson's a plus 10, but I, I don't get it. It's making me mad. It's frustrating. They win literally every game the dude starts, and they put him back on the bench, and it's hurting him. Johnson, again, did have a good game, but I, I don't like it. Don't like it at all. It's making me upset. They really should have lost this game if Devin Booker didn't hit that last three. Um, and I don't even think – I think actually Johnson works better in that shooting role than Crowder does. Just want to shoot the ball. I don't know. I don't know. He beats me. Whatever. Great win for the Suns. They needed it. Um, Booker came back. Did exactly what he always does. I-19, but he hit the big clutch time shot of a pass from Chris Paul. Tom, what were your thoughts on this one? 
Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, it's something we've both been saying for the most part. And mind you, they were also missing camera paint as well. But Jay Crowder is the best player on the team. And they and they and they're Jay Crowder just single handedly carried a team to the finals last year. And then you got that man right there, and then you're just not going to use him in the role that just that just took a team to the finals, bro. Just put him in the starting <laughs> like because uh, if not, it's not even the offense; it's the defense. Because Cam Johnson's not a, not that good of a defender himself. So if you're gonna have Booker and Johnson out there for no reason, like at least Booker's good enough to be a good def- the good, Booker's good enough to hide on the worst offensive player out there. So, like, if you look at if you look at Jay Crowder's roles on most of his teams, I'm joking, obviously, when I say the best player. But if you look at Jay Crowder's roles on most of these teams, so you look at um you look at Boston. So when when he was on Boston, they had uh, Avery Bradley back when he was still really good. They had him. They had Isaiah, Isaiah, and they would just always hide Isaiah on the on the uh, on the worst player. And then boom, they would you know they were conference finalists. They were uh, uh Eastern Conference finalists. They got swept by the I mean, by the uh, Cavs, but I mean can't blame them for that. And then you know he had a stint in Cleveland. Then he had a stint in Utah, where he was actually effective in Utah as well. Then he came over to Miami. Then he was in the starting role. And then they were able to hide you know they were able to hide Dragic and and Duncan a little bit. And just have Duncan be on the worst player out there, which you know helped them get to the finals. And but the thing is, he can also shoot. He's kind of like a, he's like one of those do it all players, similar to like a Draymond Green. Beside aside from the fact that he can shoot better than Draymond, he can't pass as well as Draymond. But he's kind of like similar to that in those do everything roles. But yeah, he's definitely most effective as a starter, and it definitely harms them when you know. They put him on the bench, so hopefully it's something that they figure out. You were like, I think they figured it out now. I was like, nah, bro, Booker just not there. You got to figure out when he come back, if he going to do it, and he not going to do it, so. You're making me upset. Yeah, I think you made some good points. Um, I think Cam, the thing, I think Cam in the starting lineup, I'm not too mad at it. I think Jay Crowder should probably play more minutes, but I would like either way. I think Cam spaces the floor better, than, obviously, than Jay Crowder. And if you can get a better Chris Paul with Cam Johnson in the starting lineup than Jay Crowder, then so be it. Like I think that's just a sacrificial lamb. Like Chris Paul, he was struggling at the beginning of the season, but the last few games, Chris Paul has been playing crazy. So if you can get Chris Paul to play at this level, then I think. That's uh, that's obviously going to be what's going to unlock the team. So, Jake Crowder just might have to be the sacrifice. Hmm. Never thought about that. That's a good point. I just don't know how much of it is Chris Paul himself just turning it up because he never shot the ball ten times. Yeah. He's never shot it. Yeah. Early in the season, like he kind of was just. I feel like. You could be right, but I feel like it's because their defense was so good. Early in the season, you're just like, all right, whatever. I don't really need to shoot the ball. Also, they, they did have Cameron Payne and Johnson. Off the bench. I think I'll have to see them with Cameron Payne again. 
So maybe I won't be as mad about it. But it was the Payne-Johnson combination used to carry them off the bench scoring-wise. You can even – like they ended the game with Cameron Johnson. And I think mm-hmm. you could do that. I'm not sure. It, it, it might have to just be a team-by-team basis because the Mavs don't really have a four who can, like, abuse you. Like, it's Porzingis, but Aiden is going to be on Porzingis. So – yeah, you know, like Maxi Kleber is not gonna he's not gonna hurt you. Like Yeah. So I guess in this case it'd be fine. It might just have to be a team by team basis. But I don't know. I just in this game, I mean he was a plus ten and crowd was a plus it was a minus five. So we'll have to see. Man, I just I don't love it. All right, but real quick, what is your, Darnell, what's your game of the night and player of the night? I think the game of the night was Phoenix and Dallas. And my player of the night is Chris Paul with 34 points, nine rebounds, nine assists. Yeah, Chris Paul was amazing in this game. Um, great performance from him. Uh, Dom, what is your play of the uh, game of the night and player of the night? Game of the night would be Charlotte and Miami. And player of the night would be there's a couple of good options here, actually. Name one. Name one player. Player. I'm going to go Lori. Lori Markkanen. My game of the night was Suns Mavs. And my player of the night, man, Malik Monk. Yeah. It was either between Malik or, or Lori or even De'Aaron. Yeah, I went crazy, too. Yeah. All right, tonight is going to be a fun one, man. This is the one we're looking forward to. You got the Nets and the Clippers. You got the Wizards and the Blazers. You got the Celtics and the Warriors. We even got the Grizzlies and the Pacers out there tonight. This is going to be quite a show, quite an amazing night. And, um, hey, man, thank you guys again for listening. Y'all got to watch them games tonight, man. They're going to be a bunch of fun. And um, for Dom, Darnell, this was Demetrius. And uh, have a good one. Triple D's deuces. Later.